Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey everyone, this is Shane Grove, the host of the From the Shadows podcast, and I just want to give you a quick little heads up on this episode uh, with Colin. Um, we we did this in two parts. The first part, uh, the second half of the episode, had some technical difficulties, so we came back and redid some of it with Colin, and he added some stuff that he remembered in the meantime. So if there's a little lax there, about uh, 60 minutes in, and uh, a reference to uh, us doing it before. I don't want to make people think they're going crazy. Um, it's just, it's just we had to uh, we had to do uh, do the episode twice. So we hope you enjoy. It's a great episode, and thanks for listening. Bye bye. Hey, welcome everybody to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host Shane Grove, and with me as always is the super producer Jason. Greetings, everyone. So Jason, um, you know, it's, uh, we're getting close to episode 200. We're right. We haven't really talked from it. We haven't really talked about that yet. So I, I don't, when this episode comes out, we'll be even closer to episode 200. So I, you know, I want to throw this out there because we, we always ask people to contact us on social media for, uh, you know, tell us their stories, you know, which is our guest today contacted me on social media. That's why we're going to hear his crazy stories here in a little bit. Um, but I kind of like to hear who or, you know, what topic, what subject, maybe what guest some of our listeners would like to hear for a special 200th episode. What do you think about that, Jason? That'd be Throw a great that idea. That would be a great idea. Well, I'm just going to say, do not, do not, uh, say Josh Gates. I've been trying for some reason, Josh Gates is not returning any of my messages or phone calls. Now he apparently is too big for the shadows podcast. I have heard that from several other people. It's not just our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So, so I want to encourage everybody go to our social media, like, uh, like on Facebook, we've got the after the shadows forum or the from the shadows podcast page. You can find us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author, or message me on my Facebook page, and or go to uh, our website, FromTheShadowsPodcast.com, and just contact us through there. And uh, you know, let us know. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. We want to plan something big for our 200th episode. It's kind of a big deal. 
I can't. I, Jason, can you believe that we're almost to 200 episodes? It's gone by really <laughs> fast. I'm telling you. It's gone by. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm glad that we continue to grow and we can provide a platform that for our listening audience. And I really love how they interact and they share their stories with us because that's yeah. what makes it a great platform right there. We really appreciate yeah. it when people uh, contact us with their experiences and their stories because that brings us one step closer to being able to uh, get some answers on some of these things that are unexplained, and that's why they're in the shadows. <laughs> Absolutely. And, hey, our 200th episode might just be some really good guests, you know, that not famous people, but people with great stories, you know, they, that reach out and tell us and we have them on. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't seem to be our best episodes anyway. So yep. nothing against, nothing against the famous people. Sorry, Jason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, I, we want to bring on a young man who contacted me through social media and I've spoken to him on the phone. Jason, you really don't, know any of his stories i haven't told you yeah you've left me in the dark on this one left but you in i'm the dark. excited i'm chomping at the bit to hear it but i believe this is our first guest from mexico colin welcome to the show good afternoon everyone hey uh so so colin um i guess let's just get into it you know what 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 struck you that you thought okay i gotta contact i gotta contact shane and tell him my stories and you know and then let's just get into what it is that uh, you've had as experiences through the years yeah absolutely so uh i was raised in brush prairie washington and lived all over the pacific northwest i ended up moving to mexico and uh, about five or six years ago i was surf fishing early in the morning and about 4 35 o'clock in the morning there was something large on the beach that i was walking towards and i couldn't figure out what it was and the closer that i got i started having all these weird crazy thoughts and things like that and it kind of it kind of started bringing back some things that had happened to me and and when i got up to it uh, one of the thoughts that was going through my brain when i was walking up to it was this looks like some kind of weird ape or something and then i thought Sasquatch. And then all of a sudden, all this shit started coming out from my past. Um, and what it was actually was it was about a thousand pound sea lion that had been killed by a shark and that had washed up onto the beach and it was rolling back and forth in the surf. Really? So, wow. So, but see, I could, so, so seeing that, like, like the movement, the, the movement of it going back and forth looked like it was alive yeah. and it was super dark and it was super dark. And so I, there was a, like a like a half moon probably so there was enough light that i could see a silhouette and all that i could see was this huge large looked like a figure kind of going back and forth into the surf so i first i was thinking it's digging for crabs or what it was i wasn't initially thinking anything like bigfoot and then all of a sudden i just started remembering stuff that had happened and stuff that had happened from an early age all the way through my childhood all the way up into my early you know 20s and so on and so on and so then i started diving down rabbit holes of i uh, started out with crypto ptsd watching on youtube uh, which led to every podcast you could possibly imagine um, and ever since then i've just been diving down rabbit holes looking for answers which creates more answers and here i am 
So, and I actually <laughs> came, I came on here for a specific reason, though, and I want to say this because I really feel this is important. Um, I'm on here to actually help myself. So I'm I'm here to deal with some of the stuff that has happened to me and some of the things that I've had reoccurring dreams. I have I obsess about certain things. My wife thinks I'm freaking nuts because uh, I'm trying to find answers for everything. Um, and so I'm actually on here to help me move forward in my life because talking about it with people that are that don't ridicule you, which I've had happen and things like that, is it it feels good. It really does. Um, so that's why I'm here. And I hope that everyone else who's listening to this, who's had stuff happen, hopefully it'll help them. Plus, I think that the government should be telling people these things are out there. So yeah, I agree. I agree with everything that you said. And that's what so we're here, here we for. Yep. So, 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 so Colin, then what, so what has it been then that you started to remember that you obviously then suppressed because it was traumatic then? Uh, so some of the, the major stuff that happened to me is I've been screamed out a couple times, which I talked with you about Shane a little bit. And I kind of, in the short conversation, conversation that we had, uh, we didn't get into a lot of details, but that was those two times when that happened were more of the traumatic stuff that, that really affected me. Um, and then I've had a lot of other things happen that I didn't really realize what was actually happening because I didn't you know, Sasquatch wasn't on my radar. I just wasn't, I wasn't thinking Sasquatch. I wasn't, I was in a different mindset. Um, I was doing different things that I was just focused on different things, but things were happening around me that I didn't really realize. And so all these years now, you know, 20 some years later, I've been piecing it all together and, and it's pretty nuts actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, well, okay. So let's go back to the first thing that you remember happening then that you've, that you've, sat back and said, okay, this is what I remember. So the first thing that I remember was when I was in third grade in hunting camp and my dad having an experience. And I remember my dad and my grandfather and my uncle arguing about it at hunting camp. And I was with my brother. And I remember my dad telling my grandfather that it, this happened. I don't know exactly what happened. And I remember my dad's wife, Sharon at the time, yelling at him and telling him you're going to scare the kids. And so my grandfather turned around and looked at us and said, we're just talking about grizzly bears. Well, now that I'm older, I realize that's not what they were talking about. Um, so when I've asked my dad about it and he doesn't talk about it. And when I do talk to him about it, all he says is Bigfoot lives. That's it. And he walks off. He's super old school. He doesn't say much. So he also, so he, so he, he won't even, even though you've come to him and said, I told, I, told, I told him my stories and talked to him about my stuff. He listens, and in the end, he just says, Bigfoot lives, and he walks off. That's it. Oh, man. So he also, he, he also didn't hunt much after that, and I don't know if that's why, whatever happened to him, uh, but we never went to hunting camp after that, and we were – I was raised in hunting camp. Like, I mean, we were shooting deer from as big as I could hold a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah, and now where was, where was your – uh, that, that, was actually, that was actually in the Starkey unit in Oregon. Um, okay. so we used to go down and meet my grandfather there. So we would go hunt the Starkey unit with my family. Um, so that was in Oregon. And, and I don't know the details of what happened to my father. So, but I, that's the first memory I have of something like that. Um, and then, I mean, just things have happened. I mean, I was raised in, 
Yakult, Brush Prairie, Battleground, I mean, all those areas up there, which you guys might not be that familiar with, but basically I was raised in backwoods, hillbilly. You went to the woods when you wanted to get away or you wanted to have a good time or it was the weekend and you wanted to drink beer and party with your friends or, you know, try to, you know, get with a girl or whatever it was, you went camping. That's what you did. Um, so, and I've had weird stuff happen there up by Susan Creek. Me and my buddy one time, and I mean, we were young. Gosh, I was like 1993 or something like that, somewhere around there. We parked and walked down and built a bed out of moss and ferns one one night, and we were just pitching rooster tails along Susan Creek. And we woke up one morning, and and something was walking around us. And I remember looking at my buddy Dan, who was a little older than me, and I was like, dude, there's someone walking around us. And, and he he looked up at me. And I'll never forget this. He had snot running out his nose and his hay fever and everything was so bad. And he looked at me and like, it's a deer. And he just laid back down. But the funny part was that deer don't circle around you. Um, whatever it was, it was a crunch, 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 and it kept circling around us. Um, that was pretty weird. I don't know what it was. I'm not saying that that was a Sasquatch. I'm just saying that I don't usually have deer circle around me like that. Um, so that was, that was kind of weird. And then I've had stuff happen at Packwood Lake, I've had stuff happen in Idaho, and then I had most of the stuff happen when I was actually growing marijuana up by Yakul. Um, so, so, so you, so you guys are let. Let me get this straight because you said this is what you guys did for fun. This does not sound like fun to me to go out and sleep on a bed of moss with no tent. Like you guys weren't under a tent or anything. No, that's, that's like the best bed ever. You pull the moss off the trees and then it's a little dirty. So you don't want to lay on it because insects. So you just cut down a bunch of furs and, and ferns and lay it on top. And it's, it's, I mean, that's comfort. It's like a Sealy Foshropedic. Oh, geez. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean that, that man, oh man, that sounds crazy. So, so you're just woke up and something's just walking around and it's dark yeah, and you can't, it, and you can't. It was, it was light out actually. It was, it was early in the morning. Um, sun was coming up and I, I remember waking up and I remember hearing something kind of walk around us. And I, and that's when I, I kind of nudged Dan and I was like, man, there's something out there. And his, his allergies were so bad. He wasn't even paying attention. Um, and, and it just kind of walked around us for a couple minutes and then it just walked off whatever it was. Now, was it, did you realize it because of, uh, were you able to smell something or was it just real heavy? Like you can tell it had a heavy footfall or what? Yeah. You could hear the footsteps. It wasn't, it wasn't like a deer or an elk or anything. It was a, it sounded now that I'm older Mm -hmm. and I understand things better. Um, I, I believe it was bipedal. I'm not a hundred percent on that. It was just kind of, it's one of the weird things that happened to me along the way that I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was a Sasquatch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't a deer. I, I highly doubt it was a bear or anything like that. We had no food on us or anything. We just drove up there. We were just going to spend the hike down the Creek, spend the night, hike back and come home. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like we had coolers with food or we had our, we had our spinning rods and that's it. We had our spinning rods and some rain jackets and, and that's it. Where I'm from, it rains eight months out of the year. Hmm. So you learned it well. Learned to, you learned to just kind of play in the mud and, and you play outside. It's a gray drizzle most of the time. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm real curious about, you know, growing up in that part of the country. Is that like, do people like take Bigfoot? as a creature out there just for granted and tell you that, you know, Hey, yeah, you're, 
going to run into one or, or is it still as taboo to talk about it even, you know, like it is around here in Ohio? So growing up, I never, I was never anything that I had really talked about with anything or anything. Um, the, the time when I was a kid at hunting camp was like the first time that, that anything had ever really happened. Um, and then I remember we, that we were part of a saddle club off of 117th street. Um, and I remember, I remember something happening to one of the people that had, that had horses up on silver star and one of his horses got injured. And I remember him talking to my dad and I remember my dad saying it, it's possibly was a Sasquatch. And then I remember his wife again, Sharon freaking out and telling him he was nuts. And it was probably a cult that hurt the horse and all this stuff. Well, there's no freaking cults that live up in Silver Star Mountain. If you know where I'm from, I mean, there's, I don't know of any cults or anyone that's ever lived up there. I mean, it's out in little nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like dense, <laughs> dense forest up there, isn't it? No, it's super dense. I mean, everywhere you go up here where I'm from is you got really heavy underbrush. It's hard to get through. I mean, the, the, one of the prime to hunt deer where I'm from, one of my weapons of choice was a 12 gauge shotgun with a slug or a 30, 30 lever. Cause it wasn't, it's not, it's not open. You're close range. Yeah. Like whatever you're, it's super thick. You got blackberries, you got underbrush. I mean, you got old growth. I mean, it's, it's, it's thick for sure. Mm-hmm. So that, so I remember all that. That's all from when I was really young. Um, and then just, I mean, that's, that's what I remember as a kid, but it wasn't really talked about or people, you know what I mean? It wasn't a topic mm-hmm. of conversation, just right. people just, but no one really talked about it. So, and then later on in life, every year we would do a backpacking trip to Packwood Lake. Um, every May 31st, uh, we started out doing it. It was my buddy's birthday. We'd take a group of us up there, um, you know, anywhere from 10 to 12 of us. And the crazy part about this is there was, gosh, there was 10 of us up there, 11 of us up there. We were up there around 1996. I was a junior in high school. Um, we were in, we hiked into Packwood Lake. It's a four and a half mile hike. Um, it's up by Packwood and Randall and up in those, those areas. And, and we woke up one morning and there was footprints that had came out of the Creek that feeds into the lake. And the crazy part was that I remember some very specific things about the footprints that are odd. And I, and I, but we never, I never knew what it was. We thought it was some crazy guy that was huge with huge feet that was just walking around. I mean, it had snowed on that backpacking trip. So we used to do annual backpacking trips up to the goat rocks, uh, which is about 10 miles. And then into Packwood Lake, which is about five miles. And those were annual trips for us. And, and the, the crazy part is when we woke up, the footprints had looked like they came out of the creek, which fed into the lake, but they stopped. Um, and we, I remember Ian, who was a, his family laid bricks for a living. He was a pretty big guy. He, you know, he's probably 6'1", 250, just, he's big, you know, his feet are probably 11 and a half, 12 inches. And the footprints were as big as Ian's Sorrel boots that he was wearing. Cause he was, he was, we were, we were taking the strides and Ian was putting his foot down, trying to make him as deep as the footprints. Right. Mm-hmm. And he would actually literally like have to like push down on it. And the strides were really long and they were in a, and so I'm just going to tell you what I remember. And then you guys can just kind of go from there because a lot of this stuff happened a long time ago and I haven't talked about a lot of the stuff. So I remember, <clears throat> I remember the strides being really far apart. I remember they were as big as Ian Sorrell's 
And I remember that there was a weird arch in the middle. And I remember pointing out the arch to my buddy, Dan, and saying, that's a really weird arch. And, and we were, we were like trying to figure out what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then they kind of walked like they were going into the lake. And then about, I don't know, 15 feet from the edge of the lake where it would like continue into the lake. They just disappeared. They were gone, which was weird. And so (laughs) weird. And then, and then, and then after that, we'd woke up, you know, we're doing our normal stuff. We're out, you know, a bunch of kids out in the woods doing what they're doing. And, and I remember us talking about it and someone said, Oh, that's Bigfoot. Right. And we were like, Oh, whatever. And then I remember Ian, the creek that they came from, there was these trees that you could climb up and you could grab the top and you could basically hang on and it would take you down to the ground. And if you were good enough, you could even grab from tree to tree and actually go from tree to tree. And Ian, I remember standing at the edge of the creek and Ian was doing that from tree to tree and he was acting like a monkey because he thought it was a joke, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember looking down the creek and with my buddy Steve and I it, <laughs> I, I remember the feeling of it, it didn't feel right. Like I, I didn't want him to go down the Creek. You know what I mean? Like I got this really weird feeling like that it was the wrong thing to do. Um, and it just, I just felt weird. Like I just, it just, it just felt, you know, how you just kind of get feelings that are wrong. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And it, it, it was one of those. And, and that's what happened at Packwood Lake. Um, and that's, that that's all that happened there. So, so well, <laughs> well, well, first of all, like there's footprints. Okay. Right. Nobody is out there in their bare feet doing that. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's the thing. It snowed on that trip. So that tells you the temperature. Mm-hmm. Like we had to hike out snow. Yeah. And now, well, and I will, and I will say I've heard more times than not. That's the one thing is like the footprints just stop and you don't have any idea. You know what I'm saying? They, they, and nobody has any idea like where, whatever was making the footprints went. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you guys didn't, you guys just, just stopped. And they just okay. stopped. I yeah. thought that maybe it somehow like jumped into the lake or something. And I'm like, God, that's like, you know, 15 feet. Like, how did that even happen? And then I thought maybe it, you know, like, I, I really didn't know what was going on. To be honest with you, in that situation, I was more focused on the arch and the foot because for some reason it just looked really off. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I kept trying to get everyone else to focus on that. And Dan and, and a couple other guys were 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 noticing what I was noticing. Um, and it was it's weird. And then the funny part about that is that my buddy Steve, who I hadn't seen in 20 years, showed up fishing here where I live now. Um, three, four, it was three and a half years ago. And so we start, we go out fishing and we're catching up. Right. And neither of us have Facebook. So we got a hell of a lot of stuff to talk about. Right. So we're, we're talking about families and things like that. And I asked him, I said, you remember those footprints? And, and he was like, yeah. And he's a, he's a guy where he won't talk about it. Like you could, there could be a Sasquatch that runs across his yard and he's not going to say it because he doesn't want people to think he's nuts. Right. So, and he looked at me and he said, I don't know what that was, but he said that was just really eerie is what he said. So that's that's the footprints that I was telling you about when we first talked, Shane. That's that situation. Wow. And see, and see, I think that, and I mean, I mean, I may maybe wrong, but from what what I have read and stuff, I think that is what they call that mid tarsal break in their right. foot is what you were seeing that weird arch or what you thought was an arch. Yeah. Look, 
looked like it looked like the middle of the foot was like pushed up like you took your fingers and like took sand and like mm. pushed it up into a ridge yeah it's it's like it's what makes their feet different from ours it's right. like and and then i think that gives them the weird gait that people say they have um you know where it looks like their knees don't you know move the same way that ours do when we walk and gives them that different look or whatever which look i don't know that's that's some creepy stuff. See, I, that's some creepy stuff to me that, uh, is where does that, because those footprints disappear and you're saying, well, if it jumps 15 feet into the lake, which it very well could have, but I would think that anything from a standing, just from a standing start, it, it would smudge its footprints. You know, it would push off and it would make them look different. And you, you could probably have told that. You know that, it, or have to get like a running start to get a jump. They, now, they were just straight. They were just straight strides. There was no stutter step. There was no. You know what I mean? Like there was no. They were just, and then they just disappeared. Now let me now let me ask you this because you were describing your friend, you know, go bending, you know, grabbing the trees and and having them what pull them up and pull him up in the air, right? Yeah, they pull. They would pull him down. So he would climb up to the tops. And oh, and they would pull. Okay. Then he would hold on to him, and they would pull him down. And then he was, he was, he was able to grab another tree, and he did it for like four or five trees before he, you know, crashed. And 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 but when he was doing it, he was like making monkey sounds. And and I remember, and I didn't, I didn't want to walk down the creek with him. I was, I was scared enough that I didn't want to go down there. I just had this weird feeling that I didn't want to go down there. It freaked me out. I, I didn't know what it was. I knew, I knew that it was, I knew something was off. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I got you. I just wondered if, uh, cause I didn't totally understand. I wondered if whatever was making those footprints could have grabbed the tree and had it pull him, pull it up. Straight so, up in the, so, straight up in the, so the, the, the footprints came out, the Creek fed into the lake. And when the Creek where the footprints came out, there was a beach area that was right where along the edge of the lake where the, the creek fed into the lake, right? But yep. the, the trees were probably 30 yards away from that, back up into the creek. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. So, but but there you have 10, what'd you say, 10 guys? Yeah, 10 there guys was a, either 10 or 11 of us there. It was the same, same guys every year, and we'd go up there. Um, we all saw it. We all talked about it. I mean, it was, yeah. And then, and then the crazy part is this, is that it just, that was it. We never talked about it again. We never even thought about it. Never even, I told my dad about it and he just kind of shook his head and said, yep. And walked off and that was it. I mean, wow. That's amazing. Okay. I, now, I, I would be still talking about it every day. I mean, I wouldn't be able to stop talking about it. I'd be so amazed. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> so well, and, and and the, and the uh, best part the best part is having all those guys see them too. Oh so yeah, that's know. a lot of witnesses. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We all we all saw it. Uh, most of the encounters that I've had, uh, most of them have been with other people. I have had some without, um, but most of them have been with other people. And I, I honestly believe that that people have more encounters than what they realize. They just don't realize what's really going on like what happened to me because mm -hmm. uh, some of the other encounters that i told you about shane and we talked about 
were, uh, I just didn't know what was happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't yeah. Realize. I didn't, I didn't know. Like, yeah. And that's normal. And that's normal too. A lot of people, a lot of people say the same thing that they've been out in the woods and they've, you know, heard tree knocks or they heard something whistle or they heard, you know, another sound or they saw something that didn't quite click right. But until they actually had a full on experience, they couldn't connect the dots and say, Oh my God, I've been experiencing this because if you don't see something or, you know, for, and are certain of what it is that's going, you can always, you know, you can justify it away. Yeah. Get, guess it away as something else. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what did we have a guest tell us that something was getting thrown at them and they thought maybe it was a squirrel throwing at something at them yeah, in the woods. Throwing nuts. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he's like, where are you at? What kind of squirrels yeah, are you hanging out with? Yeah. Right. Yeah, must be some pretty big squirrels. <laughs> I mean, I never read a, I never read a, I mean, maybe a squirrel shaking, shook its fist at me or something, but I've never had to throw anything. I mean, uh, they usually sure? chirp at you. They usually sit and chirp at you and get all angry. Yeah. And, chirp yep. you and then run off. Yeah. That's what they, but, but there you go. That's a, that's a way. I mean, imagine uh, justifying something happening by saying, well, I thought it was a squirrel throwing something at me. And it's like, wow, that's really reaching, you know, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that, that to me is what you're right. A lot of people have stuff happen to them and they don't, realize what it is because they just think they can because having a squirrel throw something at you is a lot more um Normal. you can live you can live with that a little bit better than having a bigfoot 50 yards away hitting you with a rock you know what i'm saying so wow so okay so then so, so what's what's the okay. next uh, next as event life, as life goes on um i we grow up a little bit uh some of my friends end up moving to sun valley idaho which is actually ketchum idaho so i move with them i moved out at a really young age um i have been on my own for a really long time uh so i went with them and so i so this okay as I'm living in Ketchum and I'm actually running marijuana from Vancouver, Washington to Ketchum, Idaho. And I am selling marijuana and that's what I was doing for a number of years. That's how I made my income. I would basically snowboard every day and hunt and fish and, and sell weed. And what would happen though, is that I, some of the loads of weed that I, would pick up were too big that I didn't want to keep them in a house. Uh, I didn't, it, they were just too big. If I got raided in a house, I'd lose everything. And so what I did is I went to the mountains and I would bury the weed in the mountains and I would live in the mountains and I would run into town, do my sales. And I would usually end up being back at the camp, you know, hours before dark. So I would fish and collect wood and I was living in the woods and I was living up in an area uh, called Neal Canyon. Are you? Is it okay if I disclose areas and stuff like sure, that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah, have researchers so. that listen to us. Perfect. Okay, so if anyone's listening and they want to go out there, if you drive up, you drive through Ketchum and you take a right and you go up into Neal Canyon and you can Google Earth it, there is a, there's a house on the end of the road on the left that has uh, horse barns and horse arenas, and I was doing some chinking work in that house um, for some spare money and things like that pre, 
pre-running drugs. Um, and so I, and so I knew how to get up in there. Now, when you look on Google map, someone had bought the property behind them. So there's another, uh, bigger house back there, but the campsite where all this stuff happened, where I told you about my dog, Shane, which I'm about to talk about, um, is where all this happened. And the campsite's totally still there. Um, so basically I would go up there. You're allowed to live in a area in the woods for a certain amount of time before the game wardens make you leave. So I would go in there, I would bury the marijuana in the ground. I would cover it up and I would hide it. Um, and then I would stay there as long as I could. And then I would move. So, but that was one of my main areas that I worked. So at the time I had an older Toyota, I had a canopy on it with safari rack and I had a wolf hybrid mix. That was my dog and we were living in the woods. So what would happen is I would hear coyotes, which I thought were coyotes that were trying to call my dog out. So they'll, what they'll do is they'll try to call your dog out. They'll try to get it to go to the tree line. Sometimes they'll send out another, like a single coyote or whatever it is to try to lure them out to get them in there. And then they'll kill dogs. That's the reality. Right. Yep. So as, as this is going on, I'm, you know, hearing them and stuff. And, and at the time, cause I, what I was doing, I had a 357 uh, Magnum. It was a seven and a half inch barrel Taurus long barrel Porter barrel is one of the best guns I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had a, then I had a 22 long rifle. So I would target practice and things like that throughout the days, blah, 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 blah. And so these, these coyotes kept trying to call my dog out and it would happen at night. It would happen during the day. And then like I was telling you one day, Shane, uh, this is the part that I'm not very proud about and people can think whatever they want about me. I really don't care. I'm just going to tell you what happened and you're either going to like it or you're not. Okay. Um, so I, tied my dog up and I used her as bait. Uh, so I went up the cut a little ways and I found an area in the middle of the cut where I could tie her up and I could see the tree line where the coyotes were, had been coming down off the top of the, the hill right there. And I went back into the back of the tree line and I set up shop with my 22 and I figured I could, you know, take a couple coyotes out with my 22. If not, at least I'll wound one of them and they'll stop coming around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reason it's look, so, I mean, I, I don't think Jason and I could blame you for that for, I mean, that's a, you're trying to solve a situation, you know, solve a situation. I, of, yep. you know. It, 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 anyway. So I, I tie my dog up. My dog is freaking out. Um, and, and that's the part that I feel bad about because she was looking at me like, what the hell is going on, right? And so I tie her up. I step back, and <laughs> so it sounded like three coyotes going back and forth, right? And they were working their way down off the top of this ridge. And I'm waiting to kind of see them so I could try to get a, a visual on them so I could start taking some pot shots at them, right? Mm-hmm. And there, as they're going back and forth, and this is what I was talking to you about, Shane, it, it, it changed. It wasn't, it, it, it went from what sounded like coyotes into what sounded like almost like monkeys or chimps or apes or whatever you want to call it going back and forth. And then it almost sounded like men screaming at each other. And it was so loud and it was, so just, I, I don't even know the words to really explain how it felt. 
Um, it scared me so bad uh, that it, it, I almost crapped myself. I stopped and my dog was like totally freaking out. And I, I kind of snapped and came back to reality and, and was kind of like the, what the F am I doing? Right. And so I went and I grabbed my dog and I went back to the left to my campsite and got my truck and I drove off. And here's the crazy part. So that's, that's what I remember about that. Um, and I'm trying to give you guys the best memory I have of some of this stuff because it's been a long time and I haven't talked about this. So the first time I'd ever talked about this situation was with you, Shane, the other day, mm -hmm. uh, because I just, it's just something that I, you know, I'm going to tell people I'm tying my dog up for bait to kill coyotes. Right. I mean, come on, I, people, most people don't want to hear that. Right. And then tell them that right. there's, whatever there is screaming at me in the woods, I think I'm freaking nuts. So, so here's the crazy part about that whole situation. I didn't realize what was going on. I didn't, the Sasquatch never even, never even once popped into my mind. Like I just had no clue what it was. And I, I just didn't Sasquatch wasn't registering. Right. So there was no coyote shit. There was no coyote sign. Now that I'm older and I look back, I would walk around that camp so much and look for sign and look for scat and look for, there was nothing. And the crazy part is that, and I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but where they would come down off that ridge is where I would go to the bathroom. Ah, okay. I would walk up about 30 yards from my camp behind a log and I would dig a hole and that's where I would take a dump. And that was my spot. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that it's just kind of weird how they came off that ridge. And then after that, so I left, right? So then I'm not thinking Sasquatch. I go back into town. I'm hanging out with my buddies. I don't even say anything, right? I go back in there. I just act like it's all good, right? So it continues. The coyotes are trying to call them out, call her out, right? So I'm just whatever. Now she's sleeping in the truck with me. Um, I used to let her run around at night and I'd sleep in the back of my truck, but I started keeping her in the truck and shutting the tailgate because um, I didn't want to lose her, right? And, right? and it just kept... So after that, I one day, this is probably, I don't know, a few weeks later, I'm on the other side of the ridge and I used to do a lot of mountain climbing and a lot of mountaineering and things when I was that age. And so I was working my way up the other side of the ridge. And if you Google map it, you can see where there's the ridge line gets real rocky and you have to actually start kind of climbing. Like it gets super elevated and you got to climb, right? Well, my dog has been everywhere with me at this point. I've taken her to the city of the rocks. We've done climbs. I mean, I was living in the woods, so she really wasn't scared of much and she's been through a lot. So I'm trying to get her to go up this ridge and we reached this certain rock outcropping. And I think I mentioned to you when I said I got back down off the ridge, Shane, when we first talked, um, I don't yeah. know if you remember that or not, but this that's what this is. And so I got up to this rock outcropping and you had to climb up it. And my dog couldn't jump up it. So I grabbed my dog and I threw her up it, right? And it was about six feet up and I threw her up it and I'd done that stuff before. And she usually lands, sticks it, and she's all good, right? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, she came off the top of that thing so fast, it was unreal. She hit, she stuck, and whatever happened, she jumped off of it and then ran straight back down into the camp like it was no one's business and she was gone and i'm thinking 
okay, there's a cougar or there's something. There was a big cougar problem in, in Ketchum at that time. They had introduced, they had reintroduced the wolf and they had had cougar problems. And so first thing I'm, I'm thinking is I'm thinking cougar, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I remember getting this feeling that it was just this, <laughs> I, it felt like something wanted to kill me. Like it literally felt like something wanted to kill me. And I don't know if it was a cougar or whatever it was, but I got up to that rock outcropping and I literally hit like a wall of fear and I just turned around and I remember thinking, whatever it is, just get the hell away from it. And I just got as fast as I could down that. And I remember thinking, if it is a cougar and this, this, you'll hear this later on too, when I talk about the baby crying in the woods, I remember thinking, all right, if it is a cougar, if I hunch up my shoulders, right, maybe it won't get my neck. <laughs> and, I, and I'm so I'm trying to climb down. I can't. I'm trying to climb down it, and I have my my sidearm with me, but I'm I'm literally rock climbing to try to get out of this. So you can't rock climb with having a gun out, right? So. I went down to the truck and my dog was in the back of the truck. And once again, I'm not really thinking Sasquatch. I'm not thinking anything like that. Um, But now that I look back on what happened and I have spent years now listening to thousands of people that, you know, Wes and all these other people and all these other podcasts that I listen to and things like that, that it's very possible that that could have been one of them watching um, and if you look at the valley that I was living in, if you really wanted to watch me, all you'd have to do is stay up on top of those ridges and you got, you can watch me all day long. Well, so first of all, I would not have been surprised if you'd have woke up one morning and your dog would have been like Call right me. in your face, right in your face going, listen here, buddy, if you do something like that one more time, <laughs> but but that to me like i don't i mean any dog i've ever had or i mean if they see something like that even like a coyote dog's going after a dog is going to stand its ground against a coyote maybe yeah. even a mountain lion my, my dog already my dog had already been in multiple fights with with other dogs and i mean she she could handle herself that's for sure well and, and you toss her up there now she's between you and if it is a mountain lion or if it is um, even a bear or something, she's yeah. going to defend you, okay, unless there's something that she doesn't think she can handle. And what uh, what do you – I mean, if she's – any dog I know is going to stand up for their owner, especially when it's just you two out in the woods I mean, or out her- there. Her and I pretty much lived together for multiple years out in the woods. That's the reality. So, yes, I, I agree with you. I think that there was something that scared her enough that she left me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, so so go back to the let's go back to that first story. So you really are now of the the realization that there never was any coyotes. I don't <laughs> Ever was now that I'm older and I, I think back, there was no scat, there was no sign, there was just it was just sounds. That was it. That was it. And then the sounds that whatever those things were that were in the tree line there, whatever they were doing. I mean, it almost seemed like. And this is the uh, there's this is the kind of crazy stuff, and 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 this is just my view on on what I think possibly could have been going on. Was it almost seemed like they were 
you know how when you're kids and you're like double dog dare you to go do this right mm-hmm. yeah yeah almost feel like they were like you go get the dog no you go get the dog no you go get the dog right like it was well well, if you have you ever listened to uh like ron moorhead's sierra sounds yep it sounds like you're describing that samurai chatter well it wasn't really like that but it was definitely not coyotes and it almost it Almost, almost, but different. Well, what I was going to say, though, about this, about the Sierra sounds is when you listen to that, it, it sounds like the two or three of them when Ron Moorhead and his, uh, the guy that is with him are mimicking the sounds that the Sasquatches are making. It's like they're laughing to each other or like, oh, gee, you know, it's like, just like you said, it sounded like some, some people daring each other, you know, that they're actually having a conversation. Well, in the Sierra sounds, when they mimic the Sasquatch's uh, sounds back to them, it that's what it sounds like to me when I listen, like the Sasquatch going, okay, okay, listen, I'm going to make this sound, and we'll see if he can make this sound back to me. You know, that kind of, uh, you know, just like, like you said, a couple teenage kids or, or young kids like going, okay, let's see what else they can do. You know, yeah. but you, but in your case, you're saying, well, you go get the dog. You go get the dog, you know? Well, I, I got a theory on that. I, I think, they they yeah. got excited what it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. I got a theory on that. I'm thinking maybe they were trying to lure the dog out there with the early on with the coyote sounds because the dog they, is going to try to defend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Territory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's what I think yeah. was going on. I think they were yeah. trying to lure it out so they could take it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But but it's she wouldn't ever go out there. Like even at night, I would have. I mean, I would have huge fires because I mean I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I'm all alone, so I'm not. I'm having a white man fire. Sorry, like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna light up so I could. I you know what I mean. So she wouldn't ever. She never ever ever left that campsite. She would always be right next to me, right there. Mm-hmm. But. But back to that, if it really were, if those really were coyotes, they would probably would have gone after them, I would and think. They, and more than likely, they wouldn't be with that. But the bigger the fire that I have, I don't believe that if it was coyotes, they would be as close to the camp as they were. No, not yeah, with that so, fire. Uh-uh. So, the re- so the reason the dog probably, and this is all speculation, but right. it's, the reason though I probably didn't go in the woods was like, look, I know those aren't coyotes. <laughs> I know I know what those are. I'm not going out there, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, so. they have much stronger senses than us. They probably smelled them. You know, I mean, the dog probably uh, smelled that. That was no coyote, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, so, so that's what smoke. So anyone that lives out in Ketchum or that area, that's if you want to go out and look for stuff, go, go up there and Neil Canyon on Eagle Creek and go camping and live out there for a couple months. Um, it's interesting what happens when you live in the woods, people that camp and hunt and they go out once a year in the hunt or they, they go out and camp, you know, every now and then it's different when you live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you live there, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a different world. So, so moving along, I, that happened. And then that was it. I, uh, a bunch of crazy stuff happened with the lifestyle that I was leading. Um, it's just, it is what it is when you're in that lifestyle and I had to leave. So I, I left and I moved back to 
Washington State. I was actually living in Kalama for a while. Um, I was basically out in the middle of nowhere because of some of the stuff that happened, and I just needed to be in the middle of nowhere. And I started growing marijuana with some of the guys that I grew up with. There were also the guys that were supplying me with the marijuana um, for Ketchum. And I started living in the woods again up in there and I started growing weed and, and just, I mean, once again, when you live in the woods, it's, I think there's more of them out there than what people actually realize. Um, so I started having crazy stuff happen up there. Um, and that's, that's some of the other stuff that we kind of talked about a little bit. And I was, uh, so Yakult, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Brush Prairie, Washington and the Yakult area and all that stuff. Um, but there's an area called Sunset Falls, and it's, uh, I mean, you drive up past Sunset Falls, if you Google map it, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's not much going on there. And so we had <sighs> rented a house at the edge of Sunset Falls next to Reinhold Creek, and then I had a house in Farger Lake, uh, which was about seven miles apart. Um, and so me and my buddy lived in the house at Reinhold Creek and I lived in the house at Farger Lake. We both had indoor marijuana grow operations going in those houses. And we would also prepare, you know, a couple thousand plants to put out up by Sunset Falls. And what we would do is we would put the plants in 10 to 20 plots um, so that if police came in or jackers or loggers or whoever found them, uh, we wouldn't lose our whole crop. So we were basically working that whole area up there with ATVs um, and different things. And, and, and we had some <laughs> stuff happen up there and, and it's, it, uh, yeah, some of that stuff is more of the, the stuff that makes me a little uncomfortable to talk about, I guess I could say, mm-hmm. uh, because people don't want to hear some of the stuff that I think and some of the stuff that happened because they, think this thing is an animal or whatever they think it is. I don't know. You know what I mean? But when we started working those areas, we, uh, <laughs> so we would, what we would do is we had two sets of ATVs. We had stolen ATVs that we would use at night to take care of our crops. And then we had legally ATVs. So we would go in during the day during in warehouser land and we made trails from the house up at Sunset Creek. I called them the bat trails and we would go behind we'd cover them up and we'd get in there and we would basically scout for spots. We would, uh, pack in material. We would look, we would try to look like hunters basically. Right. So if there yeah. was a game open, or forestry or lockers, we were set, we were acting like we were setting up our tree stands and everything we were doing to hike in there and hunt. So we were working this one area. Um, and this is the one that I was telling you about Shane, when I heard the little kids and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. me and my buddy, Mike, that I grew up with and these guys that I've all, a lot of this stuff happened with are guys that, I mean, we grew up from first grade together. You know what I mean? We're brothers. That's reality. Some of these guys are more family than me than my real family. And so we, me and Mike were working this one area and we had stopped at an intersection. And I remember it would have been facing East. And I remember sitting at the intersection and we shut off the ATVs and it sounded like little kids laughing and playing in the trees and it was about two three hundred yards away and my buddy mike looks at me and i looked at him and i was like did you effing hear that and he looked at me and he was like man that must be ghosts 
I remember looking at him. <laughs> what the fucking ghosts out here in the middle of nowhere, dude? <laughs> what was that? I hate. And sorry for the language. I apologize no, for everyone. Fine. It's okay. It's fine. I'm just trying to remember all this. Mm-hmm. And and so and here's the crazy part. We went and worked that valley. So we went and planted some plants in that valley, and we had some stuff happen in that valley that has uh, affected me. So basically, we so we ended up working that valley. Um, when we first went in to what we would do is we would bring in compost in the spring. We would dig our holes. We'd bring in our fencing. We'd bring in our compost. We would prep our holes. We would prep the plants. We would get the plants ready to ship out there when it was time to put them outside. So all the holes were prepped by the time it was a full-time job. But I had to quit my normal job in order to grow marijuana because I was making so much money. And it's it, I don't care what people think. It's a full-time job. So we would spend all day prepping everything. And then when we had them out there in the woods in the summertime, we would shut down our indoor grow ops and we would basically live in the woods, take care of them. So we were packing in everything and we had went down that valley. And so we drove down that valley and we parked our ATVs. And what we would do is when we would go out in the woods, we would look for basically where the human sign ends. And what I mean by that is that there's no trash, there's no nothing that would have anything to do with humans except for loggers. Um, there's loggers in there that that's something else we'll, we'll talk about, um, there, but other than that, there's no just normal trash hikers. You know, you can tell when people are in areas regularly and things like that. So we would look for those areas and then we would try to go a little farther to put our pots for our marijuana. Right. Mm-hmm. So in that area we had parked and we, there was two meadows, and I, I remember this distinctly. You'd have to go over this big old growth log that was in, in between. There was like these two 10 foot tall blackberry bushes on each side. And in the middle, there was this huge old growth log that was probably three feet off the ground. And you could see where it was. It looked like a really heavy game trail. Right. Mm-hmm. So we started following the game trail and we went through the first meadow and we get into the first meadow and there's no garbage or anything. And we're thinking, okay, this looks like a fairly decent spot. Let's walk around the meadow. And on the edge of the other meadow, there was like a, a tunnel almost. Like it almost looked like something large had been working its way through these trees and it went into another meadow. And I remember walking through the tunnel and I, I mean, I mean, I'm, so I'm 5'11", 220. At that time I was probably 215. Um, good shape, all that good stuff. And I remember walking in this tunnel and I barely had to bend over to get in it. Right. And I'm thinking, God, what, what is this? Right. Um, so I'm maybe thinking elk, I'm thinking bears, whatever it is, which in at that time that wasn't even a concern to any of us because we're there to grow weed. So we go into this tunnel, we find the spot, we find the second meadow um, and it looks great. So we locate it. We end up coming back to that spot. So when we went to dig that spot, we, we go in there and we are full Gore-Tex, Danner boots, all that good stuff, right? So we got gear and we're, we're working and, and we start digging these holes. And when we went in there, there was these three, it almost looked like something had bedded down in the second meadow. And there were these three big circles that looked like something had bedded down and then and it smelled so bad it was like a super 
dank, musky, just animal, like what all of that combined smell. And I'm thinking, okay, these are probably satellite bulls, uh, which are basically young bull elk that break away from the herd. They, they travel together and they try to start their own harems and all that good stuff. Right. So, and then, but then I'm thinking the time of year, they shouldn't be at that elevation. Um, that's not where they're at. They're up by Susan Creek in that area during that time of year. Um, and so, but I'm just thinking satellite bulls. So I'm just thinking, wow, that's a super, super dank smell. And, and it's really pungent and holy moly, but whatever it is, let's get to work. So we start digging holes. Right. And I remember distinctly, if you've ever dug holes with a shovel, I mean, you're up and down and you're digging holes, right. And all that stuff and you're breathing hard. And I remember trying to breathe and when you inhaled, it almost burnt your sinuses because it was so pungent. Wow. Um, so pungent. And, and it just, and I remember my buddy Mike, he kept, and Mike didn't have a lot of experience hunting. He was, he was the more, let's go on the backpacking trip. His mom was from Switzerland, you know, don't cut down the trees, all that kind of stuff. But he was out there in the woods, but he never really hunted or did stuff like that. Right. So he, he's not that familiar with animals. And he kept saying, man, what's that smell? And I, and I just kept saying, it's gotta be elk, dude. Like, let's just keep digging the holes. Let's get done with it. And let's get the hell out of here. Right. So we dig out the holes, blah, 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 blah. We leave. Right. So we end up planting that spot. Um, and so we're working that whole area and what we would do is we would go out in the middle of the night and we would, once the plants were in the ground and we would water them and take care of them at nighttime because the cops don't come in with helicopters in the middle of the night. And usually the loggers get in there about three or four o'clock in the morning to fire up their equipment. So we'd try to be in there and out before the loggers got in there, to take care of our stuff. Um, so, and that's where we would use the other ATVs and all that kind of stuff. Cause we needed to ditch them or whatever, which we did one time. And that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> uh, you leave them and you go, right. So, um, so we would, we would do that. So we planted that. And then Mike had, uh, wrecked his ATV before Mike had wrecked his ATV. There was on the way to that spot. That was one of the only spots where we had to actually fill up our water jugs because it wasn't next to a creek. And usually we would try to plant next to creeks uh, so we didn't have to water as much because the taproot would get down to the water table, blah, blah, blah. So we would stop on the way and on the left, there was this little culvert with a probably five foot by six foot little pond, I guess you would call it. That was kind of in, you had to get off the road and kind of crawl down into it and it was kind of hidden by trees, right? And on the top side of it, was a was a clear cut with a with a green belt in it. So there was a little bit of of growth in the middle, but then it was uh, cut in the middle, right? So we were in there one night, and and Mike was the type of guy where uh, when we were growing up, fight broke out, uh, there was trouble, whatever it was. I mean, you you could he was gone. Well, like he was the guy that what <laughs> happened, he was gone. Right. So, uh, so we, we were, were, were filling up our jugs and we would use one, the, the gallon milk jugs and we would put them into Rubbermaid uh, totes that were strapped onto our Polaris Sportsman 500 ATVs. So we would fill them up, we'd pack them out. We'd fill them up, we'd pack them out until we filled up our totes. So when we were in there on the last one, we had, I remember, looking up at Mike and a baby started crying up above us. Oh, and, God. 
it was probably, I don't know, 20 yards above us, um, somewhere in that range. Right. And it, it sounded like a baby, like not a, not a cougar. I've heard cats. I've, I've, you know what I mean? I know cats can sound like women and babies and all that stuff. I've heard all that. This was an actual baby. Um, and I remember looking at Mike and I looked up at him and his eyes were, I mean, they were huge. And he looked at me and my, the first thing that came out of my mouth was don't effing leave me here. And <laughs> I had to look at the baby again and I turned back around and he was gone. So he had totally left me there and I immediately grabbed my jugs. And I remember thinking, glad I got my helmet on because if something tries to grab me from behind at least I got my helmet on and I'll try to like put my head back and maybe pet butt it or fight it off or whatever and I'm trying to work my way back onto my ATV and he had literally got on his ATV and he had took off like he was gone and so I'm like getting on my ATV and I'm trying to start it up as I drove away it it was just I don't even know how to explain it you know how you uh you know how you come around a corner and someone scares you and you do a little stutter step and you start moving real quick. Right. Yes, and you're like yeah. that to me again, or get smacked. Right. Stuff like that. So it felt like that, but it was like, I was scared. Like I couldn't make that ATV go fast enough. Like I had that thing pinned and, and keep in mind that we were riding these ATVs all day, every day, every day. Like we were good at riding ATVs we knew the limits. We were out on those roads every single day, night and day. Like it was, I'm in, and so I'm rallying down this road to try to catch up with Mike, who was already gone. And it felt like there was something behind me the whole freaking time. And so we work, we, I finally catch up with him and he stops and I'm after me, you know, saying what I needed to say to him, like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> we, we, once again, what the hell was that? Right. He keeps saying ghosts. I'm, I'm just like, dude, you're nuts. I don't, that wasn't a ghost. That was a freaking baby. And what the hell is a baby doing out in the middle of nowhere? Right. So, we once again, not thinking Sasquatch, we continued. I mean, we got, you know, a couple hundred grand worth of pot sitting in this meadow over here. So we go get to work, right? We got to get stuff done. So we get to work, we water our plants, we get out of there. Mike ends up wrecking his ATV. So that's, um, that's for the record, that's called karma. If that's what karma is, this guy Man, he would wreck his ATV. He would wreck his truck. He, would, I mean, he he just had like. That's what happens when you leave your friends? What happens when you take off and leave your friends? I mean, you get what you deserve. Just every time something happened, he'd get hurt. And maybe it was karma. And you know what, Mike? If you're listening to this, yeah, you deserve that shit, hundred percent. So, <laughs> basically, I mean, that's just yeah, like what the hell? So we end up working this area, and he were one day we're we're out in the middle of the day and we're, we're working another area. And so we're, we're packing in uh, compost and just fencing and material. Right. And we have, we have our ATVs loaded up and, and you gotta be careful when they're loaded up. You can't take corners that fast. And I kept telling them, dude, don't take the corners that fast or you're going to end up rolling that thing. You know, we're way out in the middle of nowhere. So sure enough, I come around the corner and all I see is his ATV completely mangled. Um, and him, 
you know, probably 50 feet from his ATV rolling around on the ground. And he, I come up to him and he's like, I feel my ass, look at my ass. And, uh, and I'm like, okay. And so I roll him over and I pull down his pants and sure enough, it looks like someone took an large cheese grater and just, just took off his butt cheeks. Right. So anyway, so I end up, I end up pulling his ATV in, into the bush, hiding that slinging him up on the front of my ATV, driving him out, taking him to the emergency room. So I have all this, we have all this marijuana out in the woods that I'm not going to let go to waste and I need someone to help me. So we end up bringing in another guy named Ryan, who was actually older than us. And this guy had been raised in the area. He hunting, fishing, uh, lived a life on the black market, blah, 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 blah. So I trusted him and we brought him in. So we would, uh, work that area with him and then so we go out mike gets a little better so mike's able to ride on the back of an atv right and so we started working him back in there and going out with ryan and stuff like that then he gets good enough that he can ride his own atv so then i put ryan on the back of my atv and we had already cut him in on the profit so we're going to cut him out so we might as well use him for the rest of the crop right so we're bringing him out there and stuff like that and then one night we go out there and it's i mean and when i say night we're talking 2 30 you know 2 3 like in the morning right so that same spot where I was talking about where the old growth and the blackberries and the, and the tunnel into the meadows and stuff pull up. So Mike, Mike had already pulled up in his ATV. He'd shut it off. I, and I'm just going to tell you what I remember. Okay. I remember pulling up on the left with Ryan on the back, my ATV, shut it off. Soon as Ryan started getting off the ATV, Something ran in the front of us, ran into the tunnel, um, and then started breaking trees. So when it started breaking trees, I froze. Ryan froze. We were kind of like, what, what the hell's going on, right? Mike fired off his 30-30. So Mike had a 30-30 at the time. Um, Ryan never carried firearms because he was already a convicted felon. He want, he didn't want to add more time onto the sentence if he did get caught with the weed, right? Um, I had my 357. Um, I wasn't even thinking pulling my firearm, right? Um, and he fires off his gun, and I and I remember looking back at Mike, and I said, what the hell are you doing? People are going to think we're out here poaching. Let's get the F out of here before game wardens show up, Right. As that happens, this thing's still breaking trees. So whatever it was was sitting in the tree line right there as a gunshot went off and was still breaking trees. So, so the gun, usually gunshot, in my experience... Gun, gunshot didn't, didn't scare. No. So in my experience, usually when you, you fire off a firearm, uh, bears will take off. Mm-hmm. Deer, all the, that, all that, all the animal life that's in my Rolodex, they're gone. They're not hanging out there. And it broke three or four trees. It was almost like it seemed like something was in the tree line grabbing limbs and breaking them because it sounded like the brakes were on two different sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and, and that's what happened there. And that, so we left, right? We go back to the house up by Rhinehold Creek at the end of Sunset Fall Road. Sunset Falls Road. That's where 
we had the weird deer incident I was telling you about, Shane, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, so that's what happened there. <laughs> that's that's what happened in that. So I, I do want to ask, so how how far out, so how far out is it then where you heard the baby? Like that, you know, you guys said you went beyond where it seemed like humans were there on a regular basis. So like where you heard the baby, were you, was that out so, in a part where you thought that you were beyond where human activity? Yes. Usually? 100%. We were, that was in an area where we actually had a crop close to that as well. Um, so it was in an area that was out there and it was really only about maybe a mile and a half away from the actual crops that we had right there. Okay. So my question is then if we, if that's a Bigfoot imitating a baby, how on earth, where did he hear a baby cry that far out in the middle of nowhere? You, that's, that's where you got me. I don't know. <laughs> that's what, that's what like that happened and everyone else can paint their own picture. Cause <laughs> it happened. Right. Well, so. because, because we've heard, I mean, listen, Colin, you're telling us stuff that this is stuff that other people have experienced, but to hear, a, okay. To hear, hear something mimic a baby and it's, and this thing is way out where you're probably not taking, nobody's taking their baby. You know, how did it hear a baby and how did it know that, that that was a sound it may be able to make that? Cause, cause much like, you know, the kite making the coyote sound to try to draw the dog out. Okay. If you wanted to get a couple guys that are out in the middle of nowhere, curious about something, I mean, a lot of times you're going to say, wait a second, there's a baby out here. We got to go. We got to go see if we can help this. You know, did somebody leave a baby? You know right. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, so how did this? How okay, did this wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Wait right there. You would think that, right? Well, they didn't know Mike was there and he was taken off like a, like a great. That, that, thought didn't even, that thought didn't even come in my mind to help that baby. My thought was, what the hell is that? And I want to get away from it. Exactly. But, but what I'm saying is, is how did this creature think, okay, what noise can I make to possibly get these two grown men to walk to, out, to walk out? Yeah. To walk out to me and, and how can I sucker them out? Because listen, if it made any other noise, I mean, you guys took off when it made a baby. So any other noise, it's going to, you guys had probably taken off running too, unless it yeah. could, unless it could imitate a six foot tall blonde, you know, it's the same. But, but isn't that, that's what really creepy. In America, I'm not into blonde women. So, <laughs> but that's what really like freaks me out is, so how does this thing know that that may be the one thing it could get you guys curious enough to go out into the woods to right. like, to like, look, because and, and, I, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta admit a lot of people would be like, man, what's a baby do? I, I need to go take a look, you right. know, um, that's what really freaks me out is how this thing figures out. I'm going to sound like a baby and maybe get these guys. That is our, from everything that I've listened to, it's kind of crazy to say this, but are they master mimickers? Is that real? Do they really lure people out? And is, is that really happening? Part of me wants to believe that. And part of me is, 
well, it does, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. I really don't know. I, I, I just, think that, I think, I think it's a where, distinct possibility that that's what they're trying to do is lure people out. No, right. I think, I think they are, but I think, I think the, it's like, what is it? Yeah. I think the question is, Jason is, are Bigfoot capable, capable of that? Or is that where the line where people say, no, that's not a Bigfoot. We're talking about an evil spirit out there. That so, because because that's what an evil spirit would try to do is lure you uh, into into more danger. Well, so. these things, creatures or beings, which whatever they actually are, they can create sounds that we cannot mimic, that we cannot do. So it would not surprise me, and I believe that they do get close to society when they can, when they can do it without uh, being caught. And they probably have heard or they figured that, you know, you're going to be, I don't know, more at ease maybe because you hear it, you're young. So you're not going to feel threatened or whatever. So we might be looking at this all wrong. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I know that in that area, back in the day, there is an old story about Yakult and there was a town function. And I believe that there was something going on where a Sasquatch walked out in the middle of an opening and everyone in the town saw it. And this was like back in the day. Um, so, I mean, wow. are, are they that close to town that they hear us and they mimic us and they, they do things like that? Like, what are they really? Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So before I go into uh, the other house we were living in, I just want to talk about something that happened in the house closest to most of our crops in the mountains. And we would basically, and I talked to you, Shane, about this the first time I talked to you, and it's a weird deer experience. So we, we would go out and we would run the quads during the day, um, pre certain time of the year, and we would get things set up. And one of those days we came back to the house up by sunset and we were hanging out. And basically what we would do is we would park the ATVs in the garage. We'd shut everything up and then we would have a drink. And the back of the back of the house had, um, they weren't really bay windows, but it was just really large windows. So the whole back of the house was basically open up until about, I don't know, 15 yards up until the tree line where it got really, really thick. And, we got home one day and we were sitting there and this deer, it was a doe. It came literally came barreling out of the woods and ran right up to the window and was literally in the window looking at us. Like it was like a horse. So I was raised with horses. So we would trail ride, do all kinds of things. And I barrel raced. And if you run a horse hard enough, they froth at the mouth. They, I mean, they're just, they're sweaty. You know what I mean? You take your saddle off and they're just, they're covered in sweat. And this deer looked like that. And the crazy part was the deer was like going back and forth in the window and looking at us. And I remember looking at Mike and I, and I was for my first thought was, Oh, look at that. It's a, let's shoot it. Right. It's, it's an easy meal. So, and then, and then we were like looking at it and I remember saying to Mike, well, I think it might be sick because of the way it looks and, and everything. And, and it was just really weird how it looks like, it looked like it had, it had got ran to the extreme. Like something was chasing it. Like it was right? just like totally exhausted. Like, like you said, like after riding over, but, but that's not the first, like, it was almost like asking you guys for help. Like that's so, kind of like, 
Like and it this, was looking, looking through the, cause deer don't just come look in the window. Exactly. And that's the weird part. And that's why I say it was a weird deer thing because they don't come up to you. Right. I mean, let's keep it real. They run away from us because we eat them. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, and I've heard that, I mean, Jason, I've interviewed the guy up around, um, uh, Mike up at around the NASA facility who had the deer come flying out of the corn. And then as soon as he saw the guy, he just got all calm and just walked by the guy. Like no deer sees a person and just walks, you know, under normal circumstances. Yeah. It just and, and, walks by the, you know, or walks up by the window and says, Hey, here I am, you know, come get me. I mean, whatever's chasing it is worse than what you are. Right. And that's, and, and the thing is, is even if it was a bear or, well, I mean, a cougar, whatever it was, it was just weird how it ran right up to the window where we were at and it sat there and looked at us and, and was going back and forth looking at us. I mean, I had enough time to literally look at this thing and look at Mike and be like, well, should we get the shotgun and, and kill it? And then, and then we were like looking at it and I looked at him and I'm like, this thing must be sick, dude. Like we shouldn't probably eat it. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it was just, I didn't feel like he was either really sick or there was something else going on. And now that I'm older and I look back, I think that maybe there was something else going on. Like maybe it was really getting chased to the point where it, it saw us came out of the tree line and was like, okay, I'm safe. Right. Cause whatever yeah. was chased didn't want to come out of the tree line. Yeah. And I, and I, like I said, I've heard that on other shows, other people that are out hunting have deer act that way where the deer sits right down by the stand. Like, yeah, that's weird. That doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, it unless you get, yeah, unless you get a corn pile. You know, right, right. by the stand. It's not just going to come right up by the hunter. You know? Right. And, wow. and like, we didn't have feeders. We didn't have anything. I mean, we didn't, we, it was a wild deer that was just, it was random and it just happened. And the weird part is this. So that was what, that was like, we had just got in and parked our ATVs and we weren't there maybe 15 minutes and it came out. So if what I think was happening was happening, it's possible that these things were maybe following us just in a way. And, and it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. Like what, what I think might've happened is kind of hard for me to say, cause people think I'm nuts, but it's, it just, it doesn't make any sense unless I piece it together that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, well, what sounds more, I mean, it almost sounds just as nuts to say that a deer came up and stuck its head in the window. Right. Like, to be quite I, I, honest, I mean, it doesn't sound any more nuts. I mean. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so that, yeah. So, so I wanted to, to kind of talk about that real quick before I went into the other house that we had. Um, and then, so talking to you guys and all this stuff, was like I sent you guys a message. It was a double-edged sword because it felt really good, but it also brought up a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts and a lot of things that, that I haven't thought about in a really long time. And when we were talking about Idaho, I just want to say one thing about Idaho really quick, and then we'll get off of that, is pre-me tying my dog up and having that experience, I was actually sleeping in a tent. And after that experience, I started sleeping in the back of my truck. But before that, 
one of the nights when I was sleeping in my tent and it was just a two man little Kelty tent with a rain fly, blah, blah, blah. And I'd have me and my dog in there. And there was a green van that had pulled up in the, the green belt next to me and had parked in there. Like he was just going to spend the night. Right. And so I didn't really, you know, I'm just minding my own business. I have a fire, go to bed about two o'clock in the morning. He fired off a 44 Magnum a couple times. And I remember being in my tent hearing it and I'm doing what I'm doing on the black market. So I'm paranoid. Right. And just cause you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not looking just, putting that out there. Um, so I'm, I'm paranoid. And so I hear the gunshots go off and I roll over on my stomach and I pull my gun out. And I remember laying in the tent, pointing it in the direction of the van thinking, what the F like, why is this guy shooting off of shooting off his gun? Right. And, and I'm wondering now if what I was experiencing there he was in his van and maybe something had came up to the van or he had seen something or something had happened. Like I just, and it was just kind of something that I had thought about and I was like, huh, I wonder, you know what I mean? Like if, if that had anything to do with the experiences that I was having in Idaho. So, well, obviously he was shooting something, right? I mean, and I'll tell you what he, it wasn't, I mean, it was late in the evening. It was, you know, in the morning it was, it wasn't, we were all asleep, like fires were, were down and it was like something was around us, which was the weird part. You know what I mean? So, and if you're in a van and here, and here's the thing, if I'm in a van or I'm in a truck, you got to really like either shake it, right. Do something to get me to open, open a window or open a door and, and shoot off a 44 Magnum. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, unless, unless I'm completely off, which I'm okay with being wrong. And maybe he was just drunk and figured he'd end the night with a couple gunshots, whatever. I don't know. It's Idaho. Right. I mean, I could have went into a pawn shop and bought an AK 47 in Idaho with no licenses or anything. Right. So I don't know, but it was just kind of weird how all that happened. And then I had all the experiences and then all that stuff. So it was just kind of weird. I just wanted to kind of say that out loud because I've never said that to anyone. So. Well, that is, um, that's just one more. <laughs> I mean, that's just one more thing, you know, I mean, one more thing I can't really explain. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So anyway, I'll, I'll move on to the Farger Lake house. So, we had two houses. We had one up by Sunset, um, and then we had one by Farger Lake, and they were about six and a half, seven miles apart as a straight line, as a crow, as a crow flies. And so we would work the areas. I would go back to Farger Lake. That's where I slept primarily, um, and Mike slept in the Sunset Falls house primarily. The Farger Lake house was a double wide, wide modular, if you guys have ever been in those. So they're pretty good size, right? Yeah, yeah. Big kitchens. Part of it had a big, big window. All this stuff. So it was super dark and and like dreary. Like the whole. It had the trees were really big, and it was always shadowy and dark. And it and it backed up to there was a pond in the back, and there was just wilderness there, right? And it was it was out of all the houses I lived in when I was growing marijuana, it was the only house that I ever actually carried my sidearm with me everywhere that I went. So wow. like in the house, like in the, in the house house, 
house everywhere. I had my sidearm on me at all times. And it was, it was weird because every single time I was in that house and it was, it was a safe house. So the only time anyone was ever there was either Mike or if I had brought a female home that I didn't know. Like I'd go to the bars and I'd bring random females home that wouldn't know anything about me. Right. Um, and so they wouldn't really know what I was doing and that was it. And other than that, I was there alone, but every single time I was there, it was, I felt like there was something or someone there that was watching me at all times. So I'm in the house. I'm always, it's, it was just weird. It was always a feeling like there was something there and, and half of the house at night, I wouldn't even light up because I would really just kind of go there and hang out for a few hours and sleep. And the other half was like all big windows on the other half. And I would like hang out by the kitchen and, and this little living area. And then I would just go to bed and wake up and do my thing and come back at night. Right. So I had, I had issues with one of my past partners who was one of my connections to who I was working with. And we had ended up getting in a fight. And I had worked him over pretty good. And these guys were the type of guys that were stupid. They were stupid enough to do things that would hurt people. Right. I mean, they would, they would, they would do all kinds of things. And they would, for instance, if you did something, they would, they would go kill a deer and they would, you know, do mutilate it basically and pump it full of arrows or do whatever they need to do. And they would throw it on your porch and they would leave you a message. Right. And that's, that's how it would start. And, so I wake up one day after getting in a fight and, and I'm walking around my property and on the backside of my property, there's a wood pile and next to the wood pile, there was a deer head. So I, I, my first thought was, so I had shot a deer pre, prior to that and I had drug it off into the back a little ways and there was a little bit of a bottleneck. So I'd gutted it there and I figured I'd leave the guts in this little bit of a bottleneck and maybe pick up some coyotes or whatever. There was all kinds of stuff running around. Like I would hear coyotes at night and all kinds of stuff. Right. So I left, I left that there. Um, and something had came in and it was just gone. There was no evidence. There was no, it didn't look like Coyotes come in and it's it's like a crime scene. They fight each other. They they shit everywhere. They leave tracks everywhere, right? I mean, bears will drag it off. Cats will drag it off. But there's some type of, of track. And there was nothing. It was like it was just gone, right? And which was weird. And I was kind of like, okay, this is pretty weird. And, and, but I didn't really think anything of it. And so I just kept on moving on. And so when I found this deer head... My first thought was, oh, well, this must have been the deer head that I disposed of, but, but I disposed of it down the road, and I'm thinking, why would it be back here? My first thought was maybe a coyote had picked it up and left it in my backyard, which makes no sense whatsoever, and I'm trying to rationalize why there's a deer head behind my house by my wood pile, and then I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's Justin, right? Maybe, maybe he actually figured out where I live and maybe this is his way of sending me a message, but why is he not putting it on my front porch? Uh, <laughs> why, why, why is it behind my house where I have to walk behind my house, go to the left and go to the wood pile and it's right next to the wood pile. Like if he wanted to leave me a message, he would have thrown it on my front porch, hit the glass slider and there would have been the message. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So, so and I'm and I'm trying to like 
rationalize all this. And it just didn't make any sense. And so, and I knew it wasn't the same deer because the deer head that was left was a little spike and I had killed a doe. So it wasn't the same deer. And so I'm trying to rationalize all this, which didn't make any sense. And then basically that house, we were doing a lot of poaching. So we were, we were poaching in different areas around sunset and Kalama and all kinds of things. And we would bring them, me and Mike would bring them to that house. And then there was a little shack. So if I looked out the sliders, the main kitchen, and I looked out the sliders from my porch to my Subaru, and I had a couple other Toyotas and stuff, the, there was a shack to the left that was probably, I don't know, maybe 20 yards, maybe, right? And that's where we would process our deer or elk or whatever we were killing, right? Mm-hmm. And we would, we would eat everything, number one. I'm just going to throw that out there so whoever listens to this doesn't think that we're just randomly killing things. Uh, we would eat everything that we shot. Uh, so we would process it there, though. So we would hang deer and elk there, and we would debone them because you can't take in non-tag stuff and to get processed into the shops because it's illegal, right? Mm-hmm. So we would just process them all there. And so there would always be little, little, what I would call giblets of meat everywhere, right? Like just, just shit all over the floor. There'd be, you know what I mean? Um, and I, now that I'm talking to you guys and I'm older and I'm starting to think about things and I'm wondering if possibly I was accidentally feeding one of these things, um, or if possibly it was one of the ones that had followed me from the other spot because six, seven miles really isn't anything in reality. If you really look at it in the bigger picture, uh, especially in a straight line. And uh, so I'm wondering if, if they followed me there or I was feeding one of them because after the deer head, I had a female that I was Amy and I had brought her up from Mexico. We had dated when we were younger. She had moved to Mexico, blah, 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 blah. I, she came home for vacation. I'd brought her up to the house. She was there one night and she had her dog bell, which is a German, German shepherd. And we went to leave and I went to take her home and something crossed behind my Subaru by that, so my Subaru was parked and the shack was on the other side of the Subaru, probably five or six yards, right? And something passed behind my Subaru and screamed at me in that house. And when it screamed at me, it was, it was, you could feel it. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it would just, you could feel it scream at you. And it was a different, it was like a three or four pitch tone scream but it was it whatever it was was moving while it was doing it and when it was doing it i remember looking up and i remember looking up above the roof of my subaru so whatever it was was taller than me um and i'm 511 and it it was walking as it did it and then it just stopped and i remember pausing because it was right there whatever it was and bell was on my right and she had gone behind me and was whimpering like making whimpering noises like something was wrong and amy came out of the bedroom and was like what was that and i looked at her and i said it was just a big ass coyote go back to the bedroom then i took the dog and went back to the bedroom and i didn't take her home that night she actually stayed with me um, and I remember going in the bedroom and basically just shutting everything down and sitting in the bedroom all night, like what just happened. So I don't really know if 
what I think happened is what happened. But as I listen to all these other people talk about things and I listen to all these different podcasts and I listen to thousands of other people say all the same things that are happening to me, I'm starting to think that either they followed me back there and they were eating some of the leftovers of the deer and the guts and that's what stole the guts or there was a separate group of them that lived in the same area. And I, and honestly, I really don't know. So I hear different podcasts say, you know, they have ranges that are huge and all this stuff, but we really don't know. Uh, but then I, I kind of think there's more of them out there than what we actually think. And I think they're more hidden than what we think. And I think they're closer to us than what we actually think. And that's just my opinion. So, well, well, and, and, you know, like in that regard, for like me and for like me and Jason, where we live, it's probably, it's a lot there? for us. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm saying, um, like for me and Jason trying to imagine where it is that you're, t- you know, the, the environment that you're talking about, it's probably hard for us to imagine how dense and it's, how remote I couldn't how, put it, put it this way, that house, that Farger Lake house, I couldn't even keep house plants alive because it was so dark and there wasn't enough light coming through the oh, windows. Geez. I actually set up grow lights that I took from one of my, my marijuana grow offs and put them in my living room just to keep, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, what? doesn't it, wouldn't that ruin your street cred for growing marijuana? If you're using them to grow like, like, Daffodils or roses, roses or something. I grow strawberries now under light. So I mean, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but 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 you know, back to the back to your point though is yeah. I mean, out there in the middle of nowhere, it's so dense. There's probably, and it's all speculation. I mean, I've never lived out there. You have, so I got to listen to what you're talking about, and try to put myself in your shoes, and. Imagine what it's like to be out there in the middle of nowhere and hear stuff and see stuff and and try to formulate like, OK, how many of them are out here? Did somebody like you said, did somebody follow me six miles? Right. I mean, it's, it's I mean, yeah. who knows if if these things are what people say they are and what people have seen six miles is nothing. Yeah, of course not. I mean, if That's if they could. Yeah, I mean, what, everything that you hear. They can travel cross country, up and down through the river. It doesn't matter what it is. They have no, no obstacle that they can't climb. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, six miles through the woods is probably nothing to them if they really want something. You know. So, right. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't even begin to put myself into your situation. <laughs> you know. So, but I will go back to the point. I will go back to the point where you're standing there with the the German shepherd though. And if that wasn't what you think it is, the German shepherd would have gone after it. Right. If I was just some dude walking behind your Subaru, making a noise, the German shepherd's going to go get it. Mm -hmm. She, she whimpered and went behind my back, like legs and was whimpering. Like something was, you know how the dogs make the noise, like something's wrong. Yeah. Like it's not an attack. It's, it's something's wrong. Right. That's happening. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like it trust, was. Trust me. I see the same German shepherd on my mail route every day. 
And it is not sitting there whimpering. It is trying to break the log chain to eat me. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, a dog like that's not whimpering because of some human walking. It's, it's something else. Right. It's whimpering. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that was Farger Lake and that house, I'll tell you what, that house, I lived in a lot of houses growing weed and I never, I mean, I never, you're growing weed. You got gun. I had guns all over my house. Like I had a gun hidden every 10 feet. I mean, that's just the life I was living. And you, when you're, when you're young and you're, you feel like you're bulletproof and you got every gun you could possibly imagine, you're really not scared of much. And that house, for some reason, I just, I always had my sidearm with me and I always had a 12 gauge somewhere close where I could grab it. And it was just, it was, it was just weird. Every, everywhere I went in that house, every time I went outside, um, every time I just felt like I was getting watched one time, one time I had a guy I grew up with that I knew really well, who I didn't normally sell to certain people because I grew up with certain people that I knew were being watched by the police and they had a record and, but we were still friends. We knew each other, we grew up together. So we, we just wouldn't do business together. That's reality. But one time his connection wasn't providing him. And so he asked me to do him a favor. And so I was like, yeah, whatever, it's all good. And so I brought him up to the house and I remember before he came up, I remember hiding all the weed in the woods before it was dark behind my house. Um, just in case, because if they're going to, you know, come in and stick guns in my face and where's the weed at, they're going to have to find it. They're either going to kill me or they're going to have to find it. That's it. So I remember putting it away thinking, you know, I trust them, but I, it's, it is what it is. And reality is, is sometimes the people that you trust the most are the ones that hurt you the most. That's just the truth. So I, I remember when he showed up putting him on the couch and he even, he even when he showed up, came in the house and he was like, dude, why do you got your gun? Like he, he asked me directly, he's like, why are you wearing your gun? And I remember, I remember telling him I wear it all the time when I'm here. And then I remember going in the backwoods and I remember going to get the weed. And when I was going in the backwoods, it, and I didn't go much in the nighttime back there. It was just like, uh, like just a, just the feeling that someone is looking right at you like really strong. And we've all had that feeling. And it was just, it was weird. And it was one of those things when I got the weed, I remember grabbing the bag. I had it in the black hockey bag. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen hockey bags, but you could have put a midget in there. Oh and, yeah. They're yeah. good size. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A midget could set up camp in there and be just fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so I remember grabbing the hockey bag and I remember when I grabbed it kind of, you know how you just want to move real quick. Mm-hmm. Same, same type of feeling I had when I was on the ATV with the baby crying when I was trying to leave on the ATV and I just felt like I needed to move. Um, it was just weird. Like it was a weird, that was one of the weirdest houses I ever, I ever actually lived in. Um, and it was all the other houses I've lived in growing weed. I never had that feeling. I never, never felt like I was being watched one time. I was being watched and I was being watched by the FBI and they actually came onto my property and were acting like insurance agents. And when the guy was on my property, I came outside and, and I had concealed weapons licenses so I could carry a gun wherever I went. And I remember walk, I saw him and I remember putting on my, I had a shoulder harness where my gun was, was by my ribs. And I remember walking out 
And I remember saying, what the F are you doing on my property? And he's all, oh, I'm just an insurance agent, blah, 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 blah. And then he ran off real quick. Um, and, and, but, it, <laughs> but, it wasn't, but it wasn't the same feeling that I had in the other house. It was a different feeling. Yeah, and, and the one thing that keeps going, that keeps coming through my head is, is, is like the stuff that you were doing, people – probably the only people that are going to come up and mess around with you are people doing the same, that are in the same business. Yeah. 100%. But they're going to rob me. That's reality. Yeah. But they would also have to know you're, you're carrying a gun. If you're in this sort of lifestyle, everybody's packing heat. Everybody's carrying a gun. 100%. They're they, and here's the thing. And this is, it's like one time, one of my buddies, when I moved back from Idaho told me, he was like, dude, he's like, why are you, why do you have so many guns? And I said, well, here's, he's like, you think someone's going to come in and, and he's like, what are you going to, what are you going to do over, you know, 50 grand? And I, and I told him, I said, and there's stuff that you don't know that happened in Idaho that that was an eye opener for me. And I just told him straight up. I said, you know what, if someone comes in my house for 50 grand and they tie me up and they torture me for three hours, I'm fucking killing them. Like, sorry, like I'm going to, I'm going to try to defend myself before that happens. Mm -hmm. And, and and he was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I said, I said to him, I said, and if people know that I'm, that I have this, they're less likely to actually come in and try to do that. Right. Which is the truth. You got fucking high powered rifles and handguns and shotguns and every weapon that's going to take you out. Yeah. I mean, they're coming in armed to the teeth. Like that's just reality because Hello. Hey, can you guys hear? Are you there? Yeah, we we can hear you now. We lost you there for a second. So it's it's a it's a situation where people aren't just going to come in and not expect to get shot at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. So who's really going to do that? They they either they either are willing to kill me or willing to get killed to get what they want, which is a reality. And people actually do that. And that's the truth, but it, it just doesn't, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? It isn't, it isn't worth going up and messing around and walking behind your Subaru. No, making it noise. And, you know what I'm saying? That's what, it, yeah. It's also a different feeling when a human's trying to kill you. So I've, I've had, people that wanted to kill me. And the thing is, is that feeling when someone wants to kill you is a different feeling that I had when I was in Idaho with my dog, when I got backed off the Ridge and a different feeling, it's, it's a different feeling. So I I've had twice, I've had people that wanted to kill me. And one of them was directly in front of my face and I could feel it. I, I knew he was thinking that I could feel that he wanted me dead and the other one was behind me another time and long story short, blah, 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 blah. He had a golf club. He was going to hit me in the head. I could see it in my partner's eyes looking across the living room and I turned around and he was there, but I felt him behind me. And you, you feel that like it's a real feeling, but it's a different feeling than what I was feeling with all this. Totally different. Wow. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's, and, th and these are all long stories that we don't really need to get into, but you know, you can feel when someone wants to kill you hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah. So, 
Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's some pretty intense stuff right there for sure. You yeah, know, I very mean, intense. Yes. Very intense. So that's my Fargo Lake house. And that's, that's, that is just, I, to this day, I don't know what it was. I mean, I think I know what it was. That's why I'm talking to you guys. But reality is, is I didn't see anything. I didn't, you know what I mean? I heard, I've heard stuff multiple times. I've seen some footprints in different areas of Washington and, and been screamed at in different States. And I think there's more of them out there than what people actually think. I think that there, I think there's a lot more of them closer than what we think. And I think that we take things for granted and we're all too busy looking at our phones and worried about going to work and we're not paying attention to what's really going on. But that's just my opinion. No, you're, you're probably 100% right. And, and most of that for sure, you know, and, and we see that we, we've been, Jason, I've been getting that a lot here in Ohio with a lot of the sightings that are just like right there, right near people. Yeah. Like yeah. It's not out in the middle of nowhere in Idaho and wherever else, you know, it's, it's right there. And it's just amazing to think that, that, that these, be, and then that, that just leads me to believe that they're, more than just just an animal out there walking yes. around. I don't. I don't think they're an animal. I think that they're more intelligent than what people think. And I think that if, I mean, think about it. Look at look at us as a species. We're horrible. We we consume everything. We throw everything away. Most everything we throw away. There's a lot left over. So if they were smart, why wouldn't they get free food from us? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's an easy meal. Like, let's keep it real. Like, why wouldn't they just feed off of us or whatever? And if they're smart enough to hide from us, whatever, whether they cloak or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's it's an easy meal. I come, let's go get in a dumpster. I mean, in Idaho, bears would come down and get the dumpsters every day. Like, it's, it's, and they're not even that, they're not even that smart. So if this thing's <laughs> smart as us or smarter than us, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's a brilliant point. I mean, mm-hmm. crying out loud, raccoons join together and band together to get on top of a trash can and open the lid. Why wouldn't why wouldn't a big <laughs> They're little pirates. That's actually my favorite Spanish word is is mapache. I love that word. It's raccoons. <laughs> they're little Wait. pirates. I, I gotta love them. I mean, they're mean. They're mean little things, but they're they're I love them. Oh, so, wait a second. Wait a second. I think that's on the ma- menu of Main Moon in downtown Cyrus. I think that I didn't know what that meant. Maybe that? that's Mabache or whatever. Mapache. <laughs> Mapache. Yeah, Mapache is Spanish for raccoon. Yeah, I think that's on. I think that's on the menu at the Chinese restaurant in downtown Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Tasted good to you too, didn't it? <laughs> I'm. I will. It's good. I will neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) Well, Kyle, hey, Colin, this has been like a, this has been a great, I don't even know how long we've gone. We've gone a long time, haven't we, Jason? It's fascinating. This has been a fascinating fascinating interview. Yes. This is great. And I think, uh, I think our listeners are going to really appreciate you just telling it like it is, you know, and what it is all this stuff happened and people can take it for what it is it it happened i don't know what it is and and people can paint their own pictures i mean i after listening to every podcast you can possibly imagine i'm pretty sure it, it was some type of sasquatch or something that's what i'm um, thinking yeah yeah it, it just seems like all the because some of the things that happened to me have happened to complete strangers that i don't even know right right mm-hmm. 
halfway across the world. And it's like, we're all experiencing the same stuff and it's not all a mass hallucination. One time I had a, a, so what I do for a living is interesting. I'll, I'll talk to uh, about 1200 people a month, what I do for a living. And so I talk about all kinds of things. And one time, sometimes I talk about what we're talking about, uh, depending on who I'm talking to. And I was talking to this doctor one time about all this. And she said to me, she, these were her exact words. She said, well, it's good to know that your delusion doesn't affect your life and, and stopping you from being successful. And I looked at her and I said, it's cause I'm not freaking delusional. Like it actually happened. And she just couldn't wrap her head around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, she just, I mean, it's, it's like if I was delusional, I wouldn't be running what I do for a living and doing what I do. And it's like, it's not delusional. There's thousands of people that are saying the same thing as me. Exactly. And yep. so if we're all saying the same thing, it's not a mass hallucination. We didn't all eat psychedelics together. And even if you do eat psychedelics, which I've eaten a lot of them, I've never had any of this shit happen ever. Like never. <laughs> I don't really care what people think when they think, oh, you were growing weed, you were high, which A, we never got high when we worked. And even if we were high, that doesn't make you hallucinate. And even certain psychedelics don't make you hallucinate that way. So people are, it's just, it's amazing to me how people quickly dismiss things and push it away because they don't really look at the reality. Yeah, I, I had a conversation just yesterday, as a matter of fact, with some people who, ask me, and these are people I've known my whole life, and they ask me, do you really believe that there's a Bigfoot running around? And I'm like, look, more than how could I go, how how could I not? I go, we talked to so many people. You know, we I've had some experiences myself, and, and they just were like, well, we can't believe that. But they had just been talking about UFOs. And I said, but you want to tell me that you believe in, UFOs 100%, right? And I go, well, yeah, absolutely. I go, so or you believe, yeah. I go, so you believe like intergalactic space travel is right. more plausible than a, than a being that exists on our planet. Yeah, yeah, biological being. And they said, well, yeah, that might, I'm like, that might possibly have different <laughs> things that we, I mean, let's look at the cephalopods. Cephalopods are, are, are something that can touch a rock and you see the rock. So what is it to say that maybe this is something that we've missed along, you know, a couple hundred thousands of years that just has different things it can do like a cephalopod where people say it cloaks, right? Or mm -hmm. it can access different parts of its brain like, like a clairvoyant or whatever because they exist, right? Mm -hmm. And people – People acknowledge that mental telepathy and clairvoyancy and, and remote viewing, the lady that could see you without your shirt on, right? All that, all that kind of <laughs> all that exists, right? So why are we crazy? Like, let's keep it real. And then, and then also you get religious people, which I'm very open-minded. I'm not religious myself. I do think there's a bigger picture. I just don't think it's what they tell us it is. So if you, if you believe in religion, then you believe in supernatural beings that come down to this planet and all this crazy stuff. But then when I say there's a Bigfoot, you think I'm nuts. Bingo. Right? <laughs> That's, yeah. It's really yep. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in religion – really relies on that you take a leap of faith and uh, 
It is, yeah. So, you know, why do you question somebody actually seeing or experiencing something, but you would you'd be more likely to to believe in a, just a leap of faith that something else exists? You know, I mean, no one's ever seen God come down, right? Like people say they see miracles, which I believe miracles happen, but I I don't necessarily think it's the way they think it happens. They, they associate it with so, well, us as humans, we associate things that make us more comfortable that we can recognize so we can put it into our category of this is real, right? So they see a miracle and they think, oh, it's, it's God. Okay, well, what if it's just that we actually have the capability to do these things, but we don't know how to trigger it in our brain and certain situations make you trigger it without knowing that you're triggering it? That's a very, I like that. I like that. Uh, right. I, I like that thought process there because that very well may be there may be something to that for sure. Yeah. Like what? Like it's I had a guy I had a guy two weeks ago in my sales room. He was a pastor and we were talking about all kinds of stuff. And he had been to Africa and he was saying he's seen cancer disappear and all this stuff. And he's seen miracles, which I believe him. I was like, I totally believe you. And he was so adamant. He was like, it's the power of God. And I said to him, I said, what if it's the power of the people? It's just that 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 belief of God is what triggered that person to activate that in their brain to heal themselves and it's what, like it's I, I don't know i mean just yeah just a thought that's i hey look i think it's i think it's a valid thought you know for sure yeah. and i'm not, I'm not uh. and i'm not saying that god doesn't exist and i'm not saying any of that because none of us really know it's like you said it's a leap of faith right but i just i just think there's more going on than, than what people really, it's just so cut and dry. And I just don't think that it's that cut and dry. I think that there's breakaway civilizations. I think that there's civilizations that have existed that were more technologically advanced than we are now. And that's where we found some of their technology and that's what we're getting at. And it's possible that maybe like Sasquatch, when you really research religions and things, it's like Shiva. So Shiva, so Shiva attacked, right. And had an Anyway, it's just a, it's, there's so many different, there's so many different things that I just, I just don't think it is as cut and dry as what we think. I don't think it's a monkey. I don't think it's some type of an ape. I think it's something different. And I think there's too many weird things that happens with lights and some of these people that say they see them cloaked and they disappear and things. I just, I feel like there's just way more to it than just some ape. I, I, for myself, I agree. I agree with you 100%, Colin. So, but I, I'll tell you what, I, we appreciate, I appreciate you reaching out and coming on the show because, um, like I said, I think our listeners are going to love hearing your stories. And I mean, I, I, I can't even put myself, like I said, I can't put myself in your shoes because you're out there doing stuff that, uh, I could only, you know, just living out in the middle of nowhere, uh, just in addition to the other stuff that you're doing, like you're living a life that I can't even imagine. So, um, I I'm glad I'm thankful that you shared it with us for sure. And I think people are going to get a lot out of, uh, the story, you know, the stories you had to share. And I, and I hope so. And that's, and that's why I came on the show. I mean, I, it took me a long time to kind of 
come to this point. And I, I, at one point I had reached out to someone else and then I changed my mind and I, you know, I didn't do it and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm to the point where I just want to talk about this stuff to people that actually are open-minded and, and, and realize that, realize that I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is what happened. That's it. Do I know what it is? I have no clue. I don't think any of us know what it is, but I know what happened to me and that's it. And it's, it's, it's made me feel really good from the first time I talked to you guys to this time. Um, it's like I said, it's been a double edged sword. It's, it's made me feel good, but it's also brought up a lot of thoughts and emotions and things that I haven't thought about in a really long time. Um, and all I can say is that if anyone is listening to this and you're on the fence about, about coming on, you should, it's, it's good to talk about it with people that don't actually judge you. And there's no, there's no BS. Yep. So, yep. That's yeah. That's really that's really what I can say. But so, and then maybe another time, maybe another time we can talk about some of the like the comment you made about the baby crying and maybe it was an evil spirit because there's other things going on that are just like what the what that is just weird. So yeah, we, we're gonna have to have you back on so we can flesh that out a little bit because there's some possibility. Yeah, I have there, a couple. Yeah. I have a couple other things that I'm not real comfortable talking about because they're just things that I. It's just, yeah, it's just weird. It's so I had it. So I had, so I'll, I'll give you a reader's digest. I had a lady come through my sales room about a month ago and for a living, she researched paranormal stuff. That's what she did for a living. And apparently she was famous. I don't know. I I was like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. And so I start talking to her and we start talking a little bit and we weren't even talking Sasquatch. We were talking different things. And I mean, I've had things happen throughout my life and I'm currently in a house now that has something going on and it's not malice at all whatsoever. Um, things happen. I've never had bad energy, anything like that. And so I'm telling her about it. And then I told her, I said, you know, I'm thinking about moving. And she looked right at me in the eye and she said, wherever you go, that's going with you. And I just kind of looked at her and I'm like, what do you mean? And she's all, well, you had stuff happen when you were a kid. And then you had stuff happen when you were a teenager. And then you're having stuff happen now. And she said, it's you, it's not the house. And I kind of looked at her and I'm like, what is that? I looked at her and I was like, what does that even mean that it's me? And she's, and this is her opinion. And I don't know if I buy this. I'm, I'm just this, the, this whole conversation actually scares me. I'll be really honest with you. Um, where different people have different frequencies and they, they have different things happen to them because they're, they're functioning at a different frequency. And that's what she believes. I don't know if that's really what's going on. Um, but I've had some different weird things happen that are not Sasquatch or anything that we're talking about. And it's just a different deal. So, yeah. All right. Well, now that you've teased everybody, we'll have to uh, talk about, when we're going to have, have you on the talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a conversation about that. Cause that has nothing to do with, I don't think it has anything to do with Sasquatch, but I could be completely wrong. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but some of the, some of this, yeah, that's another conversation. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it, we'll call it. We'll it's crazy part. I'm okay with telling you about, all the stuff that I think might be Sasquatch, right? Because I don't know what else it could be. But then this other conversation is something that <laughs> makes me feel uncomfortable. We, we can ease you. We'll ease you into it. Like a bait, like into a cold bath. We'll just ease you into, you know, and you guys hear all kinds of stuff where it's, it's like the norm for you, but it's, it's just, 
I don't know. It's just weird. I, I just, I'm the older I get, I'm starting to believe that there's more truth to some of the Bibles and different religions than what we actually think. I just wish I could have read the original book pre conquer kingdoms and pre bloodshed because people conquer kingdoms and then they rewrite history. And I just think that there's been a lot of stuff that's been lost. And there's a lot of truth to it is what I think. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any doubt about that for sure. Man has a way of uh, really screwing stuff up. So, yeah, I think they've kept a lot of uh, the original truth hidden away. I, it's, it, it's somewhere. You better believe it's somewhere hidden away. And someday somebody will get a hold of it and, and uh, blow our minds. I hope right. I hope we're all around to see it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. The world's pretty crazy right now. <laughs> sure is. That's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and see me, I'm I'm living down south, watching the United States function, and to me, the United States is nuts. Like I, and it's, it's so crazy. I look at the States and 20 years of living in Mexico, I watch, I look at the States and I'm just like, what the hell has happened? Like, holy crap. Like, it's just, it's insane. That's, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up for this episode and we'll, uh, like I said, thank you so much, Colin, for coming on and, and sharing with us and, uh, Hopefully we'll get another chance to have you back on and talk about some of the other stuff. Yeah, sounds great. Thank, thank you guys. For... Yeah, thanks, Colin. I appreciate it, and uh, I think yes. a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners is going to appreciate this too. Yeah, and it's and it's you and and thank you guys for letting people like me come on here and not not judging us and not ridiculing and not you know trying to trying to debunk everything that we say. And it's, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Things happen. And right. sometimes people see them. Sometimes like me, I never saw them. I heard them. I had all kinds of different stuff happen, which makes me think they're there. So it is what it is, but I appreciate you guys actually allowing people like me to come on and do this. So. All right. Well, Thank we're, we're, gl- we're, we're thankful that you, uh, that you came on. So. Yep. I think this uh, right. interview here is going to help a lot of people out because Good. of the things that you experienced a lot of people have too, and uh, they never saw these. I like to call them creatures, but I really think they're much smarter than a creature. I think that's a huge understatement. But, I agree. Um, but I, I'm telling you, um, it would it would help. It would help a lot. This here, because people have experienced things, and when 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 nobody else has experienced something that you have, and when you try to tell somebody. People think you're crazy, and, uh, yeah. and on this platform, uh, we take it seriously, and we are building a huge following, and that's what we do. We're here to learn. We're here to learn from other people's experiences and try to figure out what these what these things are. The things that are unexplained, we need answers, and this is how we're going to get them. That's good. Cool. All right. Well then I'll, um, I'll let myself go. And once again, thank you guys for having me on and, and yeah, maybe in the future we can continue about the other stuff. So looking forward to it. Looking yep. forward to it. Right. Then. Yep. You too. Take yeah. care. Right. Bye. Goodbye. Right. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the from the shadows podcast until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows.
We are out. <laughs>time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.